This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, I know what it's like to hit the wall. Some 15 years ago, I was riding with a friend of mine on bikes from Paris to Rome. It's a very ambitious little trip. It was, in fact, um, 16 years ago this summer. We usually rode about 70 or 80 miles a day, so it was a pretty intense uh, exercise. We made uh, the whole trip in about two weeks. It was the most grueling, challenging, exhilarating physical exercise of my life. Well, somewhere in the south of France, just beyond Lyon, I was moving along fine. We'd gone, oh, 30 or 40 miles that day. And suddenly, I was simply unable to go on. I don't mean that I was kind of tired. I know what that's like. I don't mean I was just worn out. I know what that's like. I mean, I was unable to go on. You know, I heard that expression before of hitting the wall, and long-distance runners know about that, or other kinds of athletes, but I'd never really experienced it before that day. Well, precisely with this eventuality in mind, we always packed lots of water in our, uh, our packs, and we also had, in France, those long loaves of bread, those baguettes, the French call them. So what I did, I put the bike down, sat in the ground, and for about a half an hour, I just ate and drank. And then, and only then, was I able to go on. Now, I thought of that scene. In fact, I always think of that scene whenever I come across the passage from 1 Kings, which is our first reading for today. Elijah the prophet has hit the wall. And for good reason. I mean, the scene that immediately precedes the passage uh, for today is the famous story of the battle between Elijah and the priests of Baal. Remember that. He's up on Mount Carmel. He challenges the priests of Baal to call upon their gods, and of course no one answers. Then Elijah calls upon Yahweh, who answers with fire. And after that, Elijah slits the throats of the 450 pagan priests. Uh, this did not go well with Queen Jezebel, who was a worshiper of Baal, a friend of these priests. Can you imagine the reaction if... Uh, Let's say one day a person just executed all the priests of uh, Detroit or something. You know, well, that's, that's the uh, situation here. So Jezebel was so incensed that she sent her army after Elijah. And the prophet has been on the run for days. He's out in the desert. If you've been over to the Holy Land, you know that most of it is desert country. So if you're fleeing away from cities, you're in pretty dire uh, straits. He's trying to stay just one step ahead of an army of trained killers who are trying to uh, destroy him. That's where the story for today picks up. He's in the desert, alone, exhausted, terrified, and seeing no way out. That's why he says, and we hear it in the reading today, 
Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Try to recall a time when you felt that way. When, spiritually and psychologically speaking, you were unable to go on. When you had just hit the wall. So mind you, I don't mean passing through a period of the blues or having a bad day. I mean unable to go on. And praying for death. I mean, let's, let's not soft-pedal this. That's exactly what Elijah's doing. He's almost in a suicidal frame of mind. Now, at that dramatic point in the story, it's so beautiful, isn't it? An angel appears to Elijah. So that means help from heaven, help from a heavenly source. He tells the prophet to eat and drink, and he puts this food and drink by uh, by his head. Elijah does so, but the angel persists. Get up and eat else the journey will be too long for you. And so the prophet eats and drinks some more, and only then is he able to make it to the mountain of God. So he's going to Horeb, to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God, the mountain of Moses. Symbol there, if you want, of of the communion between divinity and humanity. What we all want. See, we all want to be one with God. We're on a journey toward that. But at times, we hit the wall. We're just not able to go on. Unless we eat and drink, what? Food and drink from heaven. That's the point, that an angel brings it. So we're dealing here with a metaphor of spiritual exhaustion and spiritual eating. There are times, just mentioned, when we hit the wall spiritually. What I mean is, we become so alienated from God, from the source of our life, that we just can't move. Now, it happens a lot of ways. Um, Indifference. Boy, it's typical of the secularism of our time. I hear it every day on my internet uh, ministry. When people respond to these videos of mine, and they they respond with the most kind of bland, flattened-out indifferentism. As though, you know, it doesn't matter if God exists. Well, maybe it doesn't, it doesn't, but who cares? Well, that's the, that's the indifferentism that leads to a hitting of, the wall, hitting of the wall because you're just cut off from the source of life. It can also happen through serious and habitual sin. Think of someone who's really stuck in a pattern of pride, stuck in a pattern of envy and resentment. That's more common than you might think. You know, someone so resents another person, they just they can't get that person out of, out of their head. Resentment builds up, builds up. Envy increases. It, it uh, builds on itself. Think of someone who's caught in an addiction or some pattern of attachment whether it's, uh, it's pornography or adultery or some kind of habitual sin, what that does in the teaching of the church, and the church is quite right about that, it wears out the divine life in us. Habitual sin can kill the contact with God that we need to live. Maybe it comes through anger at God. I, I come across that a lot in my uh, evangelization work. 
people that for different reasons have just become angry with God. You know, they, they, something happened to them, some suffering, some terrible loss, maybe their own failure. They're angry at God, and that leads to a rupture from the source of life. And that leads to a hitting of the wall spiritually. There are a lot of people, I'm convinced, who are spiritually exhausted but don't even know it. When you know, you're on a bike trip, as I was, and you're physically exhausted, well, you know it. But see, a lot of people, they're going on in their life, in terms of their business, their family life, their relationships, and all that. But they're not going on spiritually. They're not heading toward the mountain of God. You see my point? And a lot of people in that situation don't even know it, that they're hitting the wall. They can't go on spiritually, and they wonder what's what's happening. I mean, why am I so lost? Why am I so unhappy? Why does it seem like my life, even though it's successful perhaps, but isn't really going any place? That's what it feels like to hit the wall, to be as exhausted spiritually as Elijah was. Okay, so that's the problem. That's the dilemma. What's the answer? Well, it is indeed, as this reading suggests, a matter of eating and drinking. But we should read that first uh, reading symbolically because it's not ordinary food and water that we need to go on spiritually. It's a matter of eating and drinking Him. Who am I talking about? I'm talking, of course, about Christ. Because the Elijah passage is meant to prepare us for the stunning gospel for today, taken from the sixth chapter of John's gospel. Jesus is speaking himself here as the bread of life, which means the necessary source of sustenance. Stay with that image for a second. So Jesus says, I myself am the bread of life. He's not talking about candy here, or ice cream, or garnish, or dessert, or something. He's talking about bread, which means something which is so basic and elemental that we need it to survive. The food that he is is not extraneous to our spiritual Success. It is essential to it. It's not nice if you can get it. It's required for life. Listen, whoever eats this bread will live forever. Now, I want you to pause just a moment. Let the import of those words sink in. Physical food allows us to live for a time. Indeed, for a very short time. That's why we have to eat three times a day, right? It sustains life, but in a very restricted way. The bread that Jesus gives, which is identical to his very life and substance, gives life in the fullest sense. Now, why? Why? Because it links us to the source of life. I myself am the bread of life. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. 
That's why Jesus speaks of eternal life, the life that's unique to God. Here's the bottom line, and it's presented, I think, just that way. It's presented as a necessary requirement. If we want that life, and see, here's the thing, friends, deep down, every one of us wants that life. We want the communion with God. We want to live forever, to have eternal life. You want that life? You've got to eat this bread. Now, go back to my little scene of hitting the wall in in France. Do you want to go on? Do you want to make it all the way to Rome? Well, you've got to eat something. It's it's not not an option here. You have to eat the bread. You have to drink. Well, it's being proposed just that drastically and dramatically when it comes to this bread that Jesus offers to us. It's really as simple as that. Now, here's the thing. You can say all you want that it's unfair we have to eat bread and meat in order to sustain biological life. But there's just not that much you can do about it. I mean, you can complain all you want, but that's just the way the body is structured. You need this in order to live. You might say in a similar way, it's, well, it's unfair or bizarre that Eucharistic bread is required for eternal life. But see, if we say that, we'd be a bit like petulant children. You know, or like shaking our fists at the blue sky. I mean, it's just the way the thing is structured. Jesus is like a field of force. He's like a river. He's like an energy source. I'll say more about this next week, but it's not just his teaching or his example that matters. He matters. Why are you starving spiritually? It's a very simple answer. Because you're staying away from him. And this is why it's so tragic that so many Catholics blithely stay away from the Eucharist. As if it doesn't particularly matter. Nothing could be further from the truth. To treat the Eucharist that way is not to understand at all what it means, and furthermore, not to understand the spiritual dilemma that we're in. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Four years in the making, and it's finally here. Our new Catholicism documentary series, book, and study program are now available to order online at catholicismseries.com. Will you help me introduce this epic film series to your parish, school, family, and friends? Catholicism is an unprecedented adventure around the world and deep into the faith. Learn more at catholicismseries.com or call 1-866-928-1237. That's 1-866-928-1237.